In this episode, we will be using BattleBards sound effects. Check them out, battlebards.com. And if you're signing up for a Prime account, be sure to use our code STACK to get a discount. I like the design of your coffee mug over there. Oh yeah, my folks brought me that from somewhere. They were on a trip somewhere and got it. I think that might have been when they were... Leave it to the graphic designer to spot the mug across the room, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 yeah, feet yeah. away. I'm sorry. Oh, I see. Yes, I see. yes. I love it. Yeah, I think... I swirly. Think, I think they brought that Swirly, twirly, gumdrops. Gum <laughs> when they kind of did their little Great Lakes drive, when mm-hmm. they got us the bear paw <laughs> coasters. We saw this and thought that of fits our aesthetic. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, Good about your Meredith loves country vibes. I do. <laughs> well, give me all the woodsy things. Why'd you move my mic? I, I needed more of because um, you keep cord, your hands to your th- mic. This cord is <laughs> the cord is attached, is attached to, your to get it up off the table. So, um. so <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're already late. Let's just get could this I care less? Started. Yes, I could. Not <laughs> could. I couldn't care less. We were just talking about... So Catherine doesn't like it when she sees things spelled the British way because we're in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, so you're a big fan of Webster. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah. so for instance, the word canceled. She doesn't use I the two L. I don't want his work to go... She uses the one L. Because, anyway. That's the but she just story. realized the other day that she uses flyers the British way with a Y versus the I. And she's like, ooh. It's going to be a tough one. Which I don't me. ever remember yeah, using the I. I, I always I, use the Y for flyers. How do you spell gray? With an A. I, I a. like the E myself. Okay. <laughs> British American. Yeah. I, I am I not use, a British American. I've always I used e. e now I that use I think e. about it. So to my mind, this is purely me just being me. EY seems like a darker, colder color than AY. Yeah. AY seems like a softer, warmer no, I, gray. I would, I would say that that's the case. Uh, gray with an th- A is there, happier That gray. distinction has nothing to do with the word itself yeah, or the yeah, spelling. Yeah. His association. In my mind, when I see G-R-A-Y, yeah. that's a warmer, softer yeah. color than mm. G-R-E-Y. Yep. So I, it's I, just I, me being gray. silly. Yeah. I concur. I concur. Yeah. That, I, that I, is a distinction I've had in my head since I was a kid. <laughs> but So yeah. then I said, oh, so then you're, you're no longer going to use niche. You're going to say niche. And she's like, no. And I'm like, because she, she's the one who says, I, I want to be consistent. I'm like, well, if you're going to be consistent, most Americans say niche. Yeah. And I'm like, and I hate that. It's well, niche. it's an acceptable way to say it in America. But I know. But you can still but... acceptably say niche or fort. It's become more acceptable. Fort is not, most people would have no idea what you're talking yeah, you about say, if you say it's fort. It's not really my fort. They'd be like, They'd be like what on what? earth? Yeah. And then you just come off as pretentious. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just say fork. We yeah. already don't say um, schedule. Oh, Thane does. Does or he did. still? Why he, would he I? Did. He went through a big phase of saying schedule. I haven't noticed it lately, but I, I, I think uh, Rhiannon has has expressed it too much. Yeah, well, yeah. She, I mean, she like passionately hated it. And I'm like, girl. I mean, I think it's <laughs> annoying too. But calm down. We also play a, a strategy game on the computer, uh-huh. and so he's always talking about my dynasty, and I'm like. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> privacy. Is that really how yeah. you're supposed to say it? That's the British. I mean, that's my British. My that's very British. Yeah. Does he want to be British? British? I mean, then move. So, I'm just kidding. He is, he is an Anglophile. That's for sure. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He so is, is it tissue paper? <laughs> Vitamins. It is if you're watching Galaxy Quest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we made it. We made like it there tissue already. paper. First of all, why does he have an English accent? This alien. Yeah. I mean, yeah. is that just the universal translator for us? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. He's like, this guy seems more like a British accent, so we're gonna translate it with that. I mean, that's the way I was in Star Wars too.
Yeah, there was a few good guys who were English, but very rare. Most of the good guys were Engl- American English mm-hmm. speaking, uh, and all the bad guys were. I wonder why that is. Obi Wan and C three PO. Yeah, yeah, but everybody else. And R two D two. R two D two had a British accent. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> all those tweets and tweets. Yes. He was like the George <laughs> Washington. <laughs> but then, but but. Anakin or Darth Vader didn't have an English accent. No, but. he sounded a lot like James Earl Jones. Yeah. Actually, so did yeah. you did, did you finish <laughs> up did you see Obi-Wan? I, I have seen two and a half episodes. Okay. Okay. I'll tell you, I I enjoy the, the scam artist. Yes, yes. I've, yeah. I don't know what happens with him. I'm sure there's more to it, but there is. There is. Um it but was just I think amusing. your little girl's doing an excellent yeah, job. I yeah. think she is acting very well for her age. Aside from that chase scene where they're chasing her through the woods. Yeah. And yeah. It's like Oh no, she's faster than yeah, fully yeah, grown no, that, men. Yeah, totally. I was oh like, no, she two, just went under steps. a tree branch. I have to stop and look confused. <laughs> yeah, it seemed a little like, <laughs> oh, you guys could have done a little bit better job, but it, it does get better. And yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, there's a couple of points too where you're like, dude, just use the force. And you're like, I don't understand like the inconsistency of these force users. Just- yeah, because when, when people listen to our podcast, I'm sure they're like, yes, that's exactly what I would have done. <laughs> I mean, we make mistakes all the time. We're being so judgy. I'm Maybe you make mistakes. I'm listening to myself right now. Maybe I'm you listening do. to our conversation. And I'm like, ooh, like I, I hindsight's twenty and twenty. If you, you know what people say about like, our podcast, why would you do that? Because tell- we are creators, we have the right to poke <laughs> at other creators. Right. I tell Rhett all the time as I'm going through the the tracks. I'm like, man, the more I listen to this, the more I'm like, oh, why didn't I just do this? I know exactly. Oh, oh my goodness. Yes, most of the time I'm like, good night, why can't I just make a decision? I'm always like, I mean, what if... It could happen. It could, yeah, and I'm like, girl, just do something. Pick something and go. That's, that's all there is to it. I think it's in the back of our minds, we're thinking about the production of this into some type of a movie or animated series. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. And so what's happening is we're putting a little bit too much thought. We need to take a step back and say, you know what? This is just a game. We're going to have fun with it. And we're going to make a million dollars later, too. It's no big deal. <laughs> the, you, you said something about that in a recent... We'll it, fix it in it production. Either, yeah. No, it was either the one that's going out to, this weekend or the one that came out Monday. I forget, but it was in one of the ones that I've been editing since the last time you guys came. Something was happening, and all of a sudden, you just in the background, you're like, we need to make this an animated series. I think something really exciting was happening that could have been really cinematic. And you were like, we need to make this an animated hey, series. Did, does your brother animate or no? He does not. Okay. He does he does illustrator work. Right. I don't know that he does much in the way of animation. I've only done a small piece of animation when I was in school, but it was just like a yeah. like a five second thing and it didn't go anywhere. But man, I would love to somehow Was it claymation? No, no, it was actually drawn. <laughs> oh, man. Stop motion? Oh yeah, man. Yikes. I wouldn't have the I'm thinking for of that. No Parks kidding. and Rec. <laughs> Where Ben is going oh, through yeah, his depressed like phase. and Literally two seconds. <laughs> he spends like a week making this stop motion thing. And then when he shows his friend, he's like, he's very excited about it. And he shows it to him. And it's like two seconds long. It's like Aww. a guy who's sitting in bed turning out this way. And that, yeah, <laughs> have his legs over the side. And in his was head, it good though? In his, in his head, he's like, this is the best thing ever. And then when they watch it, he's like. <laughs> <laughs> It's existential. No, it's, it's, what is it? Existential, yeah. Yeah, accessible. accessible. Yeah. yeah. Somebody can try to do a stop motion animation of one of the scenes from mm-hmm. our show. No, no, not stop motion. Just, but just do it like just hand drawn stuff. It'll go way faster and it would be awesome. Yeah, I'd love to see a graphic novel adaptation of it. I think that would be wonderful. Are we ready? I guess. Yes. I think so. Okay. Before we get started with the game itself, we have a review 
Michael? We have a five-star review by Seth the St. Clair. Superb. You guys are freaking great. I'm on episode 21 and already loving it. You guys create such a stellar story. Keep on adventuring. Thank you, Seth the St. Clair. We appreciate the feedback. And if you have not yet rated and reviewed us, please take a moment to do that. We would appreciate it. And uh, also, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Stack of Dice or our new Discord server. Feel free to drop in there. We welcome you to some real-time interaction there. With all that said, we welcome you to our table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Wamberbash Benson Mum. And Catherine as Farron. Who's ready to tell a story? Me! me. Follow a band of intrepid friends as they seek to understand the world changing around them, and as they work together to face a growing evil. Enter a world of adventure and mystery in Bardalon. Previously on Stack of Dice. Someone's calling me. Do we hear it? No. Are you sure? I don't hear... There's a lot of voices. I mean, there's a lot of people talking. It, it's coming from in there. In where? In, in the, the, the sewer. A loud horn blast echoes across the water. And as your attention whips that direction to the east out towards the ocean, towards the sea. Uh, you see the dark form of a ship come sailing into the harbor. What kind of flag is it flying? Black and white. If we don't look so conspicuous, I mean, if you're not a prisoner, would you be running? No. Would you just be walking casually? Maybe. And then again, where there's a distraction of looking they're to the west. They're all looking, yeah. And they're, they're dealing with people coming in from the east. They may not care who's walking in the open field right now. And I think you're on the right track with breaking into smaller groups. If you have one giant gang of 30 people moving, that's going to look suspicious. Yeah. However, breaking up into small groups, I think, is a reasonable approach. Will you be able to keep them safe if we leave? Yes. You have a way to hide them in case, like, enemy comes or anything like that? We have friends. Okay, I'm You have take... heard of Secret Ninish. Yes, yes, yes. That's who we are working to help. He puts a fist across his heart. You. We are everywhere. I take my whistle, and, and now I do take off at a full gallop. Okay. Back that way. All right, you see her stream away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I whistle. I get, you know, a good distance away from her, and then I blow on it hard. Okay. The patrols look evidently very confused. They're not sure. They're being pulled in multiple different directions. I blow again. There's yelling as commanders are trying to figure out what's going on. There's confusion. Men on the wall are jumping up and down and, and throwing up their hands. They have no clue what's going on. From the west, there is a black hulled ship flying in the air. It's streaming smoke from behind it, from where it has just fired a cannon. And as it approaches, you see a little figure standing at the prow. He is dancing up and down, a boot bobbing very uncertainly on his head. You can't hear him at this point. Oh, we can hear him. <laughs> but you know it's a Simmeries. You are standing in the shadow of a new 
airship. As Simris is bouncing there at your feet, Torgavetz is standing nearby, uh, and basically take this as a moment to do whatever you want, say whatever you want to uh, reestablish your acquaintance. Uh, we did a little bit of that at the end yep, we did. of the previous one, but I think he had invited us on board, mm -hmm. and you said Torgavetz is standing right with us. Yeah, he's standing nearby. Has the action pretty much died down? They're not still running around chasing baddies? Correct. Okay. There are some who have ridden off to basically scout the area to make sure okay. the immediate vicinity is still clear. And they know that there are patrols that are fading away, but they're just trying to make sure that nobody's circling around. Okay. Uh, then Tyrrell will just turn to Torgavetz. Would you like to join us on board? Just wait till you see this. You won't believe your eyes. He folds his arms and looks up, squints a little bit, and then shakes his head. Ruefully. No, I appreciate the offer, but I think my feet are better on the ground. I was going to meta. What, what's the old ship? Like, the ship that he just bombed that sort of that turned around and went it, back. Where, where is it going? It just went back out over the water. Okay, okay. but it's still it's there. It's back out to sea. It's still in the okay. air, and it, it basically swung around and headed back out over the sea. Okay. Hey, listen, Um, we got to tell him about all those ships that we saw going in. Like, there's a lot of bad guys coming in. Oh, you're right, though. Torgavets, as we were getting the prisoners to safety, we saw more Reavers battleships coming into harbor. There looked to be hundreds of people on board. We should just onboard the ship and, and hightail it out of here, I think. He rubs at his chin. His eyes suddenly look very weary. This is our chance to, to, to save, save everyone. Let's I think we should take it. Father! <gasps> Haroi comes pushing through the crowd, and as people part, he pauses momentarily as he breaks through the last person. They lock eyes and just rush toward each other, and there's this embrace where it looks like they're just ready to break each other's backs. They, they are thrilled. Torgavest is weeping. Oh, Heroi, yeah, by the way, I saved your kid. <laughs> Haroi is crying, and they are speaking very quickly in Trandon. And people are gathered around. Their faces are bright with happiness. Who's cutting onions? <laughs> Either that or it's the stench, because, boy, they got a stank. The ones oh, right yeah. I mean, aside from being where they were, what they had to sludge through, and then, you know, I don't think the water got everything off. Yeah, no, not not nearly. <laughs> is this the only ship that you have? Talking to a Simmeries? Mm -hmm. It is now. You saw what happened to the other one. It was taken by... I don't know by whom, but they obviously do not have good intent. About how many people do you think, like, stole it? Was there, is there a bunch of people on that ship? From the guards at my workyard, they said it was many. I was not there, so I do not know. I was very distraught to find that one of them was taken. Thankfully, we saved the other. I have been testing this one. I have flown out to the west. I, I was trying to see just how far I could go. It is much better than the old one. I even went out to the island nations to the west of here. Without having to stop and recharge? Not as often. Its range is much increased. Wow. It looks like they don't know how to use the other one very well. Well, we did make some adjustments to this one. My engineers told me that we must have defense capabilities on board, and so you saw some of that. And you do see some iron muzzles sticking out from the sides of the ship above. Do you have bombs on here on, on this airship? Bombs, no. I would not go that far. 
we could really use I some would. bombs right now. <laughs> I'd like to drop them on those ships. So we can make some ships and rudimentary bombs. <laughs> Huh. You can strike some rudimentary alcohol bottles and some. The thing is, if we just <laughs> leave, and some rats, some fire. If we just leave, we don't really. The only thing we've done is saved the the prisoners from possibly dying. But other than that, the the city's in still in the state, and these people are still in their state. They're current, you know. They were where when we got there, and there's more troops now in the city. So. Can we gather mm. allies from another location? I mean, Simmeries, do you know of any other forces being uh, formed anywhere else against this evil? As I was flying over the valley from the west, I did see what looked like an army approaching. What flags were they flying? Let me see. It looked to be purple. Purple. Well, it's not. Should we know? It's not is? black and white, so that's. I'm at sort of in an impasse because I don't know what to do. The plan was is Torgovets was going to have some mm-hmm. army of some sort. We don't know how big. Probably not that big. But I mean, I think they came down. They they have arrived. Like the people that Torgovets brought with him have so arrived. So do we go into the city and do something or? I am sorry to interrupt, says Torgovets. <laughs> I have much to say to you. My heart is full. Thank you for saving my son. Thank you for saving our colleagues. You have done wonderful things for us. You have advanced our cause. I hear there are many more enemy, and I cannot ask you to do more than you already have. Please, you should go on with what you came to do. Before you go, though, I must tell you what you have meant to us. Are we getting a new name? You have sidetracked. You have given much. And I thank you for that. We cannot repay this debt to you, but you have restored hope. You have given us something to fight for again. And for that, I call you Druzy Pusbroye. You're going to have to spell that. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> yeah. You are our friends in arms. Druzi, D-R-U-Z-I, Po, P-O, Zbroye, Z-B-R-O-Y-I. I was going to do the same thing. I only wrote the English version. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> Catherine, please tell me you wrote down the... She did. She wrote I, down... Well, I'm not sure I got the Druzi part. Okay, we'll copy Catherine's in a minute. <laughs> and I have nothing of value to give you, but perhaps this will be something to remember us by. And he presses something into each of your hands. And I want you to tell me what that might be. Some trinket of relatively small value, but something that is mindful of him. Meredith. Thinking back to our time in the camp, I picked up a new weapon and skill from them. It's three whistles. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking, what would he have? We already have whistles. those in hand, though. We already have those in hand. Into Tira's hand, he presses a gleaming arrowhead. Obviously very skillfully made, but not out of any sort of precious stone or material. At the base of the arrowhead where it would join to this shaft is an inscription or like the, a carving. It, ha- it, just, it has an engraving yeah. that of, of, a, of a symbol or a, a motif that we saw around the camp when okay. we were there. Great. Kind of like the um, signature of the artisan that okay. made it. Great. Michael? 
he gives me this small slender knife that's sort of um, crescent shape. It's not very long, but it has a ring on the end of it. Hmm. So basically you put your, your pinky through. There's a small like steel handle. And then there's a, there's a small knife about four inches, but slightly curved. Mm-hmm. It's so called a hand fighting knife. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's called like a karambe or something. Yeah, karamba. Yeah, karamba. And like you can flip it and turn it I'm around. Sorry, karambit. Yeah, karambit. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, but he, yeah, so that's what he's giving me. However, in the handle are inlaid small little, small little shards of jewel, and they seem to be starstone. Small little. Small, small little. little. Small little itty bitty tiny minuscule shard lits. Okay. Heads all right. Of starstone th- all the way through. Interesting. And Catherine, as Farron, <laughs> as Gary. <laughs> He places in my hand a um, a metal ingot that is uh, attached to a like a leather leather wrap a leather band that you can like tie around your neck like a necklace. Okay. Um, and on the ingot's been pressed that same design that Meredith was mentioning. Okay. Is on her. Great. As he is handing these things to you, his words are interrupted by a rider who comes galloping to a stop nearby. She slides down lightly and nods to you all before she begins talking in Trandon. Torgavet's face goes hard and his shoulders slump. My dear friends, I fear the time has come for you to go. As he says this, there's the distant pounding of drums, combined with the flat blare of horns. The distant gates of Saragavan swing open. Over the green plains, dark forms moved in ordered ranks through the gates, assembling smoothly into blocks on the plain outside the walls. The faraway banners snap in the stiff breeze, their black and white stripes straining against the stays. You hear desperate murmurs from the resistance members around you, although you may not be able to understand their words, the sentiment is clear. Secretni Nij is only a resistance movement, few in number, built to hit and run, made for operating from the shadows. There's no way they can stand up to the might of an assembled army. Torgavet's lined face grows tighter as he realizes the gravity of the situation. He sighs deeply, gives some quiet commands to those nearest him. Heroi's young face is white but determined as he follows his father. Resistance members begin shaking hands and talking to each other when a long, haunting sound echoes through the valley from the west. Hopeful faces turn toward it, and then one voice rises wildly, followed soon after by others. The army of Trand approaches. Now, Druzi, you really must go. This is our fight, and you have your own business. Come, I wish you success in your endeavors. He hugs you. Tira squeezes tight for one brief instant, and then, yeah, <laughs> cracks his spine, gives him a good adjustment, and... Uh, and then kind of holds him by the upper arms and and to brace him and looks him straight yeah looks him straight in the in the face straight in the thigh <laughs> I'm not that short unless he's nine feet tall she's like this and straight into his stomach <laughs> I will always be a friend <laughs> she gives him a raspberry <laughs> <laughs> you can do this buddy <laughs> and he's, he's like, a big fighter. <laughs> Stop it! Stop! Give me a 
you imagine seeing that? Stop it. Stop. Stop. I'm getting ticklish. Thanks for ruining my moment. Sorry. There. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was funny. But she's going to take him by both arms to look him in the face and say, if what we have seen from your people to this point is any indication, you can do this. I have no doubt. He nods. Farewell, Druzi. And with that, Tira is going to scamper up that rope ladder. Okay. Asimaris has been making his way up. It's a good thing because he's smaller and he... Takes longer to get up. Hey, is there any way we can take a couple of pot shots from the airship to the, to uh, the army there? Yeah. Uh, as we like turn as around. As we go, yeah, bounce? we got cannon. So. Sure. I think I say we do it. Okay. You get on the deck and you're amazed by the difference between this ship and the previous one. There are no sails. And so the decks are much more clear and open. There is some superstructure, some that's rising above the main deck. Go ahead. Can I draw it? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, right. I mean, not right now. I, mean, I need to think <laughs> about it this. Out. Yeah, it's it's a much cleaner look, sleeker. If you're going in terms of draft, it would be a much narrower profile from top to bottom. And yet it's wider, a little broader in the beam, and so it's uh, it's still spacious, certainly. On the raised platform at the back of the deck, there's a canvas that has some things under it, but aside from that, the deck is very open and clear. What's that back canvas? Uh, what's that back raised, raised part of the ship called again? The poop deck. Yes! <laughs> the, <laughs> the aft area, yeah. <laughs> some raises there, excitedly dancing at the top of the... Are they called stairs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, obviously. Because everything... Uh, <laughs> the top of the... Because nothing else on the ship is just given a crazy name. platforms uh, that are assembled uh, <laughs> offset a little bit to get to a higher height. He's dancing at the top of the <laughs> stairs and uh, he says, Come, come, I wish to show you so many things. Come, come. He's got the boot off so that he doesn't bump it against the uh, <laughs> the door as he goes through the hatch. Um, If it's a tour you're talking about, Assemblies, I think that will have to wait we we need to go below so that we can turn. Okay, but he said, like, there's so much I want to show you. There, like, there hey, is, yes, do. absolutely. <laughs> okay. But we must get below as we make a, a sharp turn. Hey, let, okay. let's, let's make sure, remember, let, let's try to shoot those uh, bad guys. Absolutely. Where are you trying to go? <laughs> Away. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to Where the next pillar, wherever Peter? that is. I need Peter. I know. Uh, Where's the pillar, Asimari? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so you remember from when you first arrived, you arrived in a southern mountain range. Mm-hmm. Between you and the mountain range across, there's a valley where all this has taken place. Mm -hmm. And somewhere in that northern side of the valley in the mountains there is where the pillar is calling you from. We need to head to the north. To the north. Ah, yes. Hmm. Uh, Montague. And he he reaches up and he pushes a button and there's a, a chime somewhere further back in the ship, somewhere down below. And then coming up from below comes Montague, buttle serve. That's right, he's Monty. <laughs> <laughs> Monty is what I call that's him. Right, that's, that's right, that's right, Monty. He finds you in the hallway, and his face has that same straight look on it as it always does. It is a pleasure to see you again. Clearly. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Monty. Yes. We have a secret handshake you guys don't know about. We just did it. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> Simri says, they wish to go north. Monty 
disappears and very soon you feel a tilt as the airship begins to move and it begins to make that sharp turn to the left to head north. Is that going to take us over the harbor or no? No, you're still inland from the, the seaside, maybe a mile or two. Is it going to take us over any of the Reaver patrols or soldiers? You can ask to maybe take a test shot. Yeah, like let's ask to swing swing east, swing wide, yeah, to go over by there and like shoot the you know as much as we can on our on our then right. The okay, so sensing that you want to see what's going on, Simrys leads you to the uh, to the control room. So you make your way through the ship, and here is a glassed room where you can actually see pretty well. Um, you have forward visibility. You find yourself there with Monty. He is watching over a small bridge where people are navigating various controls and things. Now, are they guns? Or, like, what are these things? I'm, I mean, I, we've never seen guns in this Yeah, are they world. more like cannons? They appeared from below to look like cannon muzzles sticking out. Okay. I, uh, I want to actually use, like, arrows, like, with <laughs> oils and lighted oh, oils yeah. on them. To, to, I want to try to, like, I don't think we have that on board, though. That's the thing. that are in the harbor you see what I'm saying? I'm I don't know that we have that. Like they weren't really prepared. With we that do not have stuff. anything like that on board. I mean, so yeah. how did you do? You think those cannons can can reach the, those uh, forces forming at the gate? We can try. This is a new design for me. If we swing out wide to take us a little bit closer inland, there where the uh, closer to the gate, we can at least try a few test shots as we make our escape. We can try one broadside, but then we really must be going. So. The ship comes about, heads north, and why don't each of you roll a 20-sider and let me, come up with, let me come up with a mechanic here. Okay. You basically cover a mile, so it's, let's say it's about a three-quarter mile shot, and you're elevated, mm-hmm. so I'm going to say you're half a mile up in the air, mm-hmm. and let's go with it. Um, start with a d20 roll, each of you. Oh, no. You know what? I'm going to do a luck point. (laughs) I know. This is ridiculous. I'll see if yours is good before I spend my last one on this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll use my last luck point. I don't have anything. I will use my last luck point. I really want this to work. I know, right? (laughs) Oh, no. You know what? I'm going to use a luck point. I quit. (laughs) The cannon are exploding left and right. (laughs) The barrels just look like flowers. (laughs) The ship. Hey, now 20. 20. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Awesome. So this is a new invention that Isimris has made, and the gun crews are still very much untrained. <laughs> and Farron steps in and says, "Let me but show you how to do it." Twenty. Oh, I know. That's why the first couple of shots were like, bang, bang. "Well, I don't know what I'm doing." You fire a broadside, and those shots go every which way. A couple of them go way off uh, left and right of where the army is gathering below. One of them kind of trickles out of the, the muzzle and falls <laughs> straight down. It hits heroin. Yeah. <laughs> Lands on his head and just pounds him in the ground like a nail. And then, Michael, the, the crew that you were watching, I guess something finally clicks. And they, as the recoil carries the cannon back, they seem to snap into their groove. And they swab the cannon, put in the, the wadding shot, hoist it back into place, and... One final parting shot, and the cannonball sails. 
seconds pass, and then almost in slow motion at a distance, the dark formation split like water dividing. <laughs> yes. There's a panicked scramble down below. You're sure there are people screaming and, and yelling and, and panicking, but it's all silent to you up here. And then you head off to the north. And I'm on deck and I look at... Um, Torgovitz. Torgovitz, and I'm He's, like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a two-finger salute as you... Yeah. <laughs> And the ship moves smoothly under your feet. Down below, behind you, in the valley, you see the Trandon army sweeping eastward. Their purple banners are waving in the wind. The dark armies of the Reaver are scrambling to recover themselves and brace for the coming onslaught. And really the last you see of it before battle is joined is the armies with about a half mile between them. And then you lose sight. Is there food on the ship? <laughs> there is, there is. Uh, do you wish to put your thing somewhere first? Yes. Sure. Well, like before, I have provided you with state rooms if you would like to go stake yours out. Did you say stake? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying right now. <laughs> I even had breakfast this morning and already my stomach is growling. I made pancakes this Ooh, morning. good for nice. you. All right. Uh, Tira, you are taken to your room. Is there anything you want to do in there? Um, is there like toilet stuff? As in cleaning like a clean what? water, like a bowl of clean water and a rag or anything. There's hygiene things in the, in the stateroom. There's a bowl, a small silver bowl that has clear water in it and a pitcher and some other things used for personal cleaning. I forgot we did just come from the we sewers. We just came from the sewers and sewer water. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip ablutions, and I'm going to go straight to eat. Yeah, you okay. can do that. Tira is going to take her hair down and wash it out. She just can't stand that. Okay. So you're, you're tending to yourself. Farron, what are I you doing? I think that's a great idea. I'm going to copy that. Okay. So <laughs> across the hallway, uh, there is a stateroom that also is similarly provided, and so you take care of yourself. Meanwhile, Womberbash is heading down to the galley, and there is food ready. I'm, I'm, I got a hankering for fish right now. Do they got dried fish that so they can turn into some type of a fish stew or something like that? You're going to wait for them to make a stew? Well, no. In the meantime, I'll be doing other some dried meats, like oh. maybe some salted pork or something. I don't know. There's always some kind of pot boiling. So stew yes. actually makes more sense because uh, yes. you know it, they add to it. And so as they take stuff out, they add other scraps. And so it's just like this constant cook pot. I just watched a show, and you yeah. should check it out. I think it's Townsend and Son, and they, they go back. It's the 18th century, and they do a lot of things ah. like cooking. And basically, we're talking about things on, on the ship, and basically, they would take hardtack, crumble it up, and throw it in there to give some more weight to the mm-hmm. broth. Yeah, yeah. And they put, like, dried cod in there. And, I mean, it's, like, flat and yeah. stinky, but when it goes in there, it reconstitutes yep. and becomes fluffy morsels of fish. Yeah. And he did it right on the show, and he's like, surprisingly, this does not smell bad at all, and it was really good. Yeah. They had a little salt, and they put some, like, I think carrots or something in there, but that's what I'm anticipating I'm, yeah. I'm eating right now. Okay, so yeah, there's that. And you wolf that down, you get more. There's soft white bread also on the mm-hmm. side, some mm-hmm. butter, yeah, and you're tearing that up. And when you're done, you feel much more satisfied. Now I will ablute myself. Okay. <laughs> Why do we always do this? Excuse me. <laughs> Whatever that turn is, ablutions. <laughs> I will ablute myself. Ablute my glutes. That's like here. 
<laughs> what did you say? You should record yourself. And then he's like, from, nothing wrong from, with that. From, <laughs> arrested uh, arrested Yeah. Do you listen to the things you say? <laughs> yeah. He's like, no. He's like, no. He's like, just record yourself and listen to it. And, he record, and it, it's ridiculous. And he's like, nope, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Tobias Funke. Yeah. <laughs> never nude. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Hmm. Bash, you get to the door of your stateroom, and as you approach it, you are shocked to find that there seems to be a cold breeze blowing from underneath it. Mm, I like it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no investigation. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> this is Bash we're talking about here. He's holding his robe out, so it goes up. Yeah. <laughs> I go and look. Okay. <laughs> you go and look. Where? I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, the, the door opens and you step in. There's a click behind you, and you're shocked to find that the room beyond is not made of the same heavy wood that the rest of the ship is, but opens out into a vast, gentle slope of snow covered mountainside. What? A cold wind whips against your face, driving a stinging spray of frigid powder into your eyes. Is this a portal? A heavy leaden sky threatens the world below, and the swirling wind bears the crisp smell of more snow to come. What daylight there is filters through thick layers of cloud and causes pale, watery shadows to puddle on the far side of shallow piles of wind-blown snow. Hey, hey, c- come over here and look at this! There's no door behind you. <gasps> oh, what? Where am I? Without thinking, five side points. I'm gonna get wings and I just fly upward because I'm trying to find the airship. Okay. I go up and I'm looking around and I'm, I'm sort of starting to beat, beat, um, sort of panic. I'm yeah. panicking. Yeah, and, and it's, you're beating even harder because the wind is blowing. Yeah, and I'm looking around and what do I see? I see the airship, right? There, there's you no sign of the airship. Who knows where? As you search for a way out, something catches your eye below. There in the midst of the snowy slope, is a little figure, a splotch of red against the bleak gray and white of the scene. You squint with effort, and against the glare of the snow, even under the darkened sky, you can make out a figure, tiny and alone. It's the little girl from the camp. All right, I'm gonna just, I'm gonna, like, falcon, put my, uh, you know, wings back and just kind of dive down and stop myself and, and flop down and go up to her and say, what, what's going on? As you approach her, you, you, uh, the wind forces you to land a little bit early. You land behind her. And you just see her little shoulders hunched against the snow. She's sitting and staring off into the snow-heavy clouds. Any bulkheads to the compartment you might have expected are nowhere to be seen. You're standing on a mountainside, surrounded by this vast snowfield, unbroken except where your feet stand now. At your crunching and squeaking footsteps come to a stop behind her, she does not turn, but continues to sit still in the chill, her dark hair cascading down the back of her red dress. Clutched in her right arm is the doll, its bald head lolls backward, and one button eye peeps out at you. This this child ain't real. You didn't come when I called. She ain't real. I don't see her face yet. Nope. I'm gonna reach out and put my hand on her shoulder and like gently, gently, I'm not going to like rip her around here, but just gently like turn her around. There's a, a shift kind of like, um, like you see in movies where suddenly you're standing now like 10 feet away, you reach and she's moved ahead of you somehow. She shifts the doll to her other arm 
and you notice with a start that its head, which was bald only a moment ago, now has a braid of greasy hair swinging from its scalp. There's a sudden stab of pain in your own head, and you reach up, your fingers come away with blood on them, where it seems a small patch of hair has been yanked free, and immediately your mind goes back to a moment when you're sitting at the fire with Torgavets, and a little girl crawls into your lap, twirls her fingers in your hair, and yanks when the fire pops. When I call, you should come. What is this? You should be asking yourself that, Wombo Dash. Are you happy where you are? Where am I? You're here with me where you're safe. Where are my friends? Friends? <laughs> friends. Is that how friends treat you? They yell at you? Make fun of you? Question everything you do. Those aren't friends. They're using you. You're not real. None of this is real. You're not real, man. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it's real. See? There's a howl of wind. Some snow blows into your face. You feel the sting of it against your eyes, your face. It's a definite sensation. I'm going to plop down in the snow. I'm going to take my wings and cover up over my head and sort of just make like a little like, I don't know. Almost like a a tent out of your wings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. And I'm just going to close my eyes and concentrate. Similarly to what happened when I was forced to go on the submarine. Uh When I had, I was trying to, I'm going to try to calm myself down. Are you counting or muttering? I'm I'm just trying to uh, blank out my mind and just try to reassess where I am and what's going on and try Mm -hmm. and because this doesn't seem real. I mean, it can't be real. Right. You can try all you want, but it's real. You're here with me. And I care about you, Wangabash. I care. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to stay silent and continue to sort of meditate, if you, that's what you want to call it. You can sit there as long as you like, but you'll freeze well before you come to any conclusions. Why don't you just come with me? Where would we go? Her arm, not holding the doll, reaches out and she points backwards with one lazy hand up the slope. And you see, as you turn underneath your wings to look, up the slope, some distance away, it's hard to tell just how far in all this blowing snow and the dark sky, there's a little hut perched way up, just at the entrance to a cleft where the mountain rises on both sides. I'm going to immediately jerk and and stand up and run toward her. I'm going to grab her by her, the back of her thing, and just take flight and just just head off over to that direction. You reach for her and your hand like slips off of the cloak. And I just, I, I just continue then. I just fly toward that light, leaving her there. Okay. You bat against the wind and it howls and you are not making any progress. You feel like you should be going 100 miles an hour. But that hut just does not get any closer. Why can't I get there? You can't escape. It's not worth it. You said that's where we were going, so why can't I get there? We'll go there when it's time. We'll freeze here. I can take care of you. I can do much better than 
those others. Where is Tira and Farron? They're not worth it. Where are they? They're on the ship. Where's the ship? Somewhere else. I brought you here where you're safe. Safe from what? From them. They wouldn't hurt me. They have hurt you. No. Do you remember the voice of Tira? And the way she spoke to you just this morning? How angry she was. She only speaks that way because she cares. That's some way to show care. You wouldn't understand. You don't know what I understand. I understand many things. I'm done with this conversation! (laughs) 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 I guess you're gonna have to land back down by her and be like, okay, fine, take me there, or whatever. I'm still confused as to whether or not this is actually happening. I know! (laughs) This is in your mind because we've had it both ways. Exactly. We've opened portals, we've had mind control stuff happening. All right, so I I plop back down and I turn around, and how far am I away from her? You're about ten feet away. Okay, I um, I use uh, energy beam, fire, and I just shoot it straight at her. I rolled a nineteen. Sure, you did. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) you succeed. Okay, almost playfully, she puts her hand down in the snow and leans, and the beam shoots over her shoulder. So it would have hit her then. Like, for instance, when I went to grab her, it just, like, was like I grabbed air. Correct. But in this instance, she actually did move as if it could have hit her. Yeah, and it, it looks like it was she was planning to lean that way anyway. It, okay. It, 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 it's hard to tell exactly. Mm-hmm. Although, okay, I use mind thrust. They, you have to succeed on an intelligence saving throw. Natural 20. I've got got the fist looking at me. (laughs) Last luck point. Reroll that. All right. Rolled a 12. Actually, my thing is a 15. And let me just check something here. Let me just add a couple other points to (laughs) (laughs) The DM bonus. So, total of 13. Okay. A 1d10 psychic damage. I am level 11. 12. Oh, well, beyond. So it's 3d10. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> oh, you're, 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 doing, you're poking a bear in the eyes. What's happening right now? That was <laughs> Wait, 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 wait. Oh, I didn't use any side points for that one. You All didn't, right. No. It's <laughs> 12. Wait. No, what? it's not. What is it? 11. 11. That's what I said. <laughs> Even better. <laughs> she stiffens as the mental energy slams into her, and then she sits up straight, faces you. I'm not playing games. I'm getting angry. Neither am I. And you see her shadow lengthen across the snow. Great. It is a malformed shadow now. With a scream, her figure shifts and bubbles alarmingly with the sound of popping bones and creaking tendon. She warps sickeningly, painfully, because she begins screaming, but the scream becomes wild laughter as an old woman now sways before you, her bluish-white skin gleaming against the snow and her wild eyes fixing you with a piercing gaze. From somewhere, she produces a gnarled wooden staff, and with a final screech, she leaps onto it and vaults into the air. Bring it! She hovers about 20 feet up, 
brings the stick around, glares down at you and says, I did not want it to come to this, but you have resisted long enough. You will obey. You need to make a wisdom saving throw. Inspiration. Oh, do you have it? Okay. Oh my gosh, you're using up everything. No joke, he's got nothing left, man. You could do it. (laughs) Oh! Roll the exact same same number! (laughs) (laughs) The betrayal. Oh, the betrayal. This one, this time it's actually... Add your 12. Modifier. It's actually 12. I mean, it's a high 12, though. It's like, high, it's a 12 plus. No, it's still 7 and 4. 7 and 4 is not 12. What is it? 11. <laughs> it's 11. <laughs> right? Aren't you doing this? 3 plus 4? Oh, I was looking here. Sorry. That's intelligence. Oh, you need wis- wisdom. Wisdom. Okay, I'm right? sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's 11. You fail. Mm. And a sick sensation comes over you. You feel like you stagger in the snow she says you will not work against my master anymore or you will suffer and then she races into the archetypal witch's laugh screeching and cackling and then she turns and flies back up towards that cleft who is your master you know who he is the reaver I spit upon him <laughs> and, and that, laugh at his face. As she leaves, there's almost like a rip in the fabric of this world. And you find yourself in your stateroom. And that's where we'll end this episode. I think the next episode should it, start with us banging on his yeah. door. Yes, yes, yep. yes. Yep. Open let's up. Do it. So let's talk experience points. I want to give you each oh, man. two for the... Interaction on the planes, another two for being awarded another title. Yes. As friends in arms to the Secretni Nige. And Womberbash, I want to give you one for your interaction with mm-hmm. Witchy Poo. And let's hear it for the Norse battle. <sighs> Whose idea was it to try and come around and take a pot shot? Was that you, Farron? That was mine. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, take another one. Okay. Uh, any other mm-hmm. nominations? No, it was kind of the bash show today, eventually. Yeah. Mm. All right, so let's hear a recap. Tira is 88 points into level 12. Womberbash is 95 points into level 12. Ooh. Theron is 63 points into level 12. Great. Keep it up. Next episode should be it. So let's see where this all takes us. And we are looking forward to having you at our table for our season finale next time right here at Stack of Dice. Thank you, Seth the St. Clair. We appreciate the feedback. And if you have not yet rated and reviewed us, please take a moment to do that on Apple iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) iTunes. (laughs) Please. Sorry. Okay, guys. With all that said, we welcome you to our table as we continue our ongoing 5th edition D&D adventure. I am Rhett the DM, and with me is... Meredith as Tira Ironstag. Michael as Womberbash Benson Mum. And Farron as Gary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You've been waiting for that one. <laughs>